And if you compare men that only got in a sauna zero or one time a week over those 20 years to men that got in two or three times a week, there was a 27% reduction in cardiovascular risk in the men getting in two or three times a week versus the others. Men that got in four or more times a week had a 50% reduction in cardiovascular risk. Men that got in four times a week had a 66% reduction in dementia risk over those 20 years. There was also an enormous reduction in the risk of psychoses, 77% reduction in psychotic disorders. And if you look at all-cause mortality, twice a week in a sauna for 20 years versus not getting in, 31% reduction in all chances of dying. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Wellness, a podcast brought to you by the Columbia Association. I am Dr. Harry Oaken, a community physician for over 35 years with the Columbia Association, and I'm its medical director. I am proud to be working with CA for over a decade to assist in their mission to improve the health and wellness of our community. It's my pleasure once again to have my colleague and friend Lou Malino back on the podcast. Dr. Malino is a board certified internist and a board certified in lipidology and clinical hypertension. And I did not realize until today, after I re-reviewed his bio, that he's a blue hen. He went to yes, the sir. University of Delaware, where my Three of my daughters went, where he graduated magna cum laude, and then he went to my alma mater for medical school, the University of Maryland Medical School, graduating again, magna cum laude, and he received his internal medicine training at Stanford and then returned to Baltimore, and he has a wonderful practice in Baltimore. He's been a Baltimore top doc multiple times, and he's also the director of education and clinical excellence for MDVIP, a national network of retainer-type physicians. I've served with Lou on several advisory boards, and we both have interests in longevity and nutrition. His clinical interests are very broad, and I've worked with him now for a number of years on multiple health-related projects, and I always learn something new from Lou every time we get together. So today, we're going to talk about sauna therapy. Sauna was invented by the Finnish over 2,000 years ago, and the sauna was a place to cleanse the body. There's been widespread research into the health benefits and risks that come from sauna usage. And as you know, at the Columbia Association, we have a wonderful sauna in every athletic center. Lou, as always, it's great to have you. Great to be here. Let's talk a little bit first about history of sauna. Yeah, I mean, like you said, sauna use goes way back, thousands of years. And if you look at the country where we really have all of our sauna data, it's Finland. Because when you build a house in Finland, they ask you where you want your sauna. And apparently there are enough saunas in Finland so that literally the entire population could step into a sauna all at once. So just about everybody has one. That doesn't mean everybody uses it, but it's a great place to figure out the benefits of sauna because you can look at people that never use it and compare them to people that use it, say, seven days a week. And we have enormous studies showing us the benefits. And I think, you know, there are several different types of saunas. And if we talk about traditional saunas that are you know, found in Finland, you know, those are saunas that get up to about 174 degrees on average. That's where we have all of our data. And those are called traditional saunas. They heat the air and that hot air heats your skin. And once your skin reaches about 104, 104.4, core body temperature starts going up and that reaches about 102.2. And then you start cooling by dumping sweat. There are also infrared saunas 
Those are much less expensive. They're widely available. They're about the same price as a piece of exercise equipment. They sort of heat you up similar to a microwave with far infrared you know, waves. But we have very decent data out of Japan that those also provide enormous health benefits. Now, I know you're aware of this study involving about 2,300 Finnish men. It was a 20-year-long study for ischemic heart disease. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think you're referring to the Kuopio ischemic heart disease study. So that took men, it was all men, age 50, and followed them until they were 70. And if you compare men that only got in a sauna zero or one time a week over those 20 years to men that got in two or three times a week, there was a 27% reduction in cardiovascular risk in the men getting in two or three times a week versus the others. Men that got in four or more times a week had a 50% reduction in cardiovascular risk. Men that got in four times a week had a 66% reduction in dementia risk over those 20 years. There was also an enormous reduction in the risk of psychoses, 77% reduction in psychotic disorders. And if you look at all-cause mortality, twice a week in a sauna for 20 years versus not getting in, 31% reduction in all chances of dying. And that went to about 39, 40% if you got in four times a week. So just sitting in a hot box has unreal benefits with all these just devastating outcomes. And it sort of mimics the impacts of exercise you know, which heats up the body, does a lot of the same, you know, molecular things at a cellular level that sauna does. So yeah, we call it an exercise mimetic. It's such a great tool. You know, we've talked about the four horsemen uh, that that basically are riding towards our longevity or lack of longevity. Yeah. Horsemen are cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and dementia. And this is a great strategy in our multi-pronged approach to better nutrition, good sleep, good exercise, and stress control to actually slow those four horsemen down. Totally. Yeah. I basically talked to all of my patients about looking at your long-term health, looking at those four horsemen. How do we delay the onset of those four horsemen? Like you look at your finances and you think about saving money for retirement. You want to retire at 65. You can't start saving at 64. You have to start early. You have to start doing the right things early. And you need to allocate not your money, but your time into the right investments. You know, so like you said, food, exercise, fasting, sleep, and sauna gets an allocation on my little playlist. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's it's just amazing the data that has been mined over a long period of time that show us how valuable this can be. And you know, one strategy that I sometimes use for my patients who are not able to exercise or who minimally can exercise is I get them to start sitting in a sauna two to three times a week, just for five minutes at a time, because you get all of these interesting cardiovascular changes that you already alluded to yep. improvement, improve, increase in heart rate, sweating, stroke volume. So I'd like you to speak a little bit about hormesis and how yep. hormesis works with heat exposure. Hormesis is this concept that a little bit of stress to the body is a good thing. You know, too much stress, you can die. But a little bit of stress, like exercise, is a hormetic stressor. You know, if you measure things during exercise, it looks like the worst thing you could ever do. You know, your heart rate's up, your blood pressure's up, all of your inflammatory markers are up. 
But that short period of stress then turns out to lower all those things long-term. And it's the same way with heat stress. You know, heat stress, it does all that. It increases your heart rate. It, you know, short-term might cause a little bit of inflammation, but long-term we see reductions in blood pressure, improvement in blood vessel health. We see a reduction in inflammatory markers. It's a mechanism. And I don't know if you want me to get that, get into that now, the mechanisms through which it work are, are really interesting. And I'll, I'll sort of graze over this with patients, but both exercise and heat stress activate something in the body called heat shock proteins. So heat shock proteins are these proteins and their job is to make sure that other proteins are folded properly. Proteins have a normal configuration, but if they fold and they sort of get disfigured, it means they don't work properly. Those proteins can make a cell not work. They can make the brain not work. Beta amyloid, one of the proteins that link, that's linked to Alzheimer's disease is one of those proteins that gets misfolded. And when it gets misfolded, it's hard to clear out of the brain. So these heat shock proteins refolded. And when it's in its proper configuration, not only does it work better, but it can be cleared easier from the brain. Uh, and it doesn't just work in the brain. It works in every cell in the body. Every cell has heat shock proteins. So it does that. It also activates other antioxidant genes. You know, there's one I know you're familiar with called NRF2. It's sort of the, you know, we call that a uh, transcription factor. It's basically something that tells all these other genes to turn on and squelch out oxidative damage, this inflammatory damage that we all get. And it also activates all these repair pathways. We take on damage all day long and we need to repair that damage. And the sauna sort of escalates those repair mechanisms. Yeah. NRF2 orchestrates just a whole lot of activities and we can turn them on with sauna therapy by the heat shock protein being uh, elucidated as well as, hey, even coffee activates uh, that. Yeah. We'll have to, at some point, talk about caffeine and coffee at a later date, but that's yeah. a complex, oh. interesting, interesting drug. No, no uh, day is complete without it. Yeah. 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 Look, even, even some foods are hormetic stressors. So yeah. broccoli has sulforaphane, you know, compound a plant uses to protect itself from predation, but our body looks at that and sees it as a little bit of a stressor, but it's a good stressor. Blueberries have anthocyanins another hormetic stressor that turns out to do good things to us. And I, and I also like the fact that heat shock protein activates that anti-aging transcription factor, uh, FOXA, FOXO3, which is probably very important in promoting our uh, longevity along with uh, sirtuins. It's, it's just an amazing phenomena. One of the things I use a sauna, I know you use a sauna, I just find actually sometimes I usually use mine after exercise. So I'm already sweating, Yeah. Okay? but uh, I find it a quiet place and a turn down my stress. And I think the biggest factors that affect our aging, we, you know, we talk about nutrition, we talk about exercise, we talk about sleep, but sure. I think stress is just, if you had to prioritize what's the worst, I think it's stress. Yeah. I mean, look, acute stress is good. Right. We, that, that's kind of what we had, you know, millions of years ago, predators showed up, your adrenaline shot up, your cortisol shot up, those shot your sugar up. So you had fuel in your bloodstream to run away. But now we're dealing with chronic stress, you know, and chronically high stress hormone levels like cortisol, they, they do a lot of damage. But I agree. I mean, I say to patients all the time, you know, you need three things to be a kick-ass 90 year old. 
You need good physical health. You need good cognitive health and you need good emotional health. Because without that last piece, which I do agree the sauna helps with, you're just not as good as you can be. So yeah, absolutely. What the other interesting thing that sauna does is, you know, these heat shock proteins also help to preserve muscle mass. You know, muscle is being built and being broken down. And as we get older, it's so much harder to build and the breakdown occurs so much more rapidly. Those heat shock proteins tend to preserve muscle mass, improves athletic performance. You take a group of young runners and expose them to heat stress. They run better. Because one of the things that slows us down when we're competing is our muscles get hot. When they get hot, they don't perform as well. And if you can acclimate to that by repeated exposures, you do better. It's kind of why I, my son runs track in college. I'll have him take a thousand milligrams of Tylenol an hour before a race to keep, keep the system cool. And it helps. And interestingly, not a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory like Motrin or Advil, because right. that, gets, oh, that interferes with the post-exercise effect of breaking muscles and getting a little inflammation to make you better the next time. A couple other practical things about sauna. I think one thing is at our athletic clubs, which we have saunas and we keep them at about 170 degrees, they're community saunas. And so socialization in these saunas is a positive thing. Yeah. You talk about the fins, they often would be in there with their family. And that's right. the way the end of the day. At the end of the day, I think sauna can be valuable because it seems to help sleep. You take yeah. the sauna before you go to bed, because after the sauna, your body temperature actually lowers. It goes yep. up and then it comes down. And then right. being at a lower body temperature before you get into bed can actually help you get into sleep, deeper sleep quicker. Let's talk uh, just a, a few moments about infrared saunas. They're not very expensive, as you said. They're just as good, right? Yeah. So all the data that we have, all the serious data is with the traditional Finnish style saunas that get to 174 degrees. In Japan, they have a type of therapy called weigh-on therapy where way on therapy is infrared saunas and they have excellent cardiovascular data. We know that patients with heart failure who use way on therapy or infrared saunas, their heart function improves. The risk of abnormal heart rhythms drops dramatically. They do something interesting in Japan where when you get out of your infrared sauna, they wrap you in a hot blanket and lay you down for another 30 minutes. I don't do that when I come out of my infrared sauna. The only thing I would say is if somebody's going to use an infrared versus a regular, because it doesn't get quite as hot, the infrareds will go up to about 135, 140 degrees. I usually will just spend an extra 10 minutes in there. All the data with traditional saunas is you've got to be in there for more than 19 minutes to max the benefits. So less than 19 minutes, you just don't, or less than 20 minutes, you just don't see the same benefits. So I just add about 10 minutes to my infrared sauna session. So it, the dose is important. And you want to start low and kind of work your way up because 20 minutes just jumping in is, is a lot for somebody that's naive to sauna. That sounds great. Well, we've covered a lot. And I think people now have the understanding that sauna can be a great adjunct to whatever they're doing to stay healthy and age gracefully. Lou, as always, it's been my pleasure to have you as a guest today. Thanks to you and thanks for our audience for listening. This is Dr. Harry Oaken for the Columbia Association sponsored Finding Your Wellness podcast. And you can tune into our podcast on dragondigitalradio.podbean.com to hear this wellness podcast. Thanks again, Lou. All right. Great seeing you. Thanks, Harry. Connect with us. We are Dragon Digital Radio.